here with Brock Coving Covington. I'm sorry. Can you say your last name? Covington. Covington. Yeah. I don't want to mispronounce it. Yeah, I'm here fine. with him. <laughs> your personal trainer. Um. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, Brock, and introduce yourself to the people? Yeah. So, um, like like she said, I am a personal trainer, and uh, basically, kind of what I've really been doing the past year and a half of where I've tried to kind of build my personal brand a little bit more into is uh, being a little bit more of kind of a instructor in a way to where on my Instagram I try to do a lot of uh, technique videos ex- describing and explaining how to perform exercises properly because um, the gym is a unique place to where, you know, it's really like free range. Like all you got to do is pay for membership and no one's going to teach you anything. Of course, you can pay a personal trainer, but people either don't want to or it's expensive. Um, and YouTube has is great source of information, but there's also misinformation. So, you know, you see so many people just doing really goofy form, hurting themselves, whatever it is. So I was like, well, let me make some of these videos because A, I can show my clients and refer them to these videos. And then also B, I can hopefully reach a bigger audience and help, uh, you know, just more people get into fitness or do exercises properly, feel more confident, whatever it is. So the past year and a half or two years, I've been posting more informative content on my Instagram, especially around mobility drills, because I think mobility is really important with longevity, keeping your body healthy, keeping it moving properly, uh, performing movements better and things like that. So from a basic standpoint, I am just another personal trainer, but I try to be a little bit more than that, do more, provide more. Um, And then on a side note, what I do in my own lifting is I am a bodybuilder, nothing too special, but just natural bodybuilder. I just competed in my first competition um, three months ago. We were just talking about that. Yeah, you did pretty uh, good. Yeah, and so that was my first competition, so it was pretty interesting uh, to kind of go through that whole process of leaning down, cutting out for that, and then uh, since then, of course, been bulking back up. And if y'all don't know anything about bodybuilding too much, um, just mostly mostly strength training with the goal of uh, obviously increasing your muscle size. So it's not you know super low rep. It's not powerlifting where I'm only doing bench squat, deadlift, and heavy movements, but I'm also doing, of course, your curls and different things like that. But I do also focus on the main compound lifts being your squad, your overhead press, and uh, heavier movements like that. So that's, I guess, a quick rundown about me, what I do. And uh, yeah, hopefully that gave a good resume builder. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And, uh, um, you know, all those little things, like you said, the mobility and trying to like be overall uh, with all athletes, I guess, is really important because, and, and that's why I like, uh, my, my podcast is about running, but like, I feel like this applies really good to what, uh, runners need because uh, like many of them get injured for maybe just straight training reasons that they don't do it they don't do the right kinds or they don't like stretch that much they need to open up their hips more whatever exactly yeah, yeah. so that's yeah, it's like i was um telling uh, of course you know zach love and stuff and um yeah i listened to that yeah. podcast it was yeah. really interesting i learned a lot yeah and it's like what i tried to explain to him and i mean he, he knows some of the stuff it's just about doing it is because sometimes as a runner especially endurance runners you know Obviously, you don't want to be big and muscular and all that, um, but at the same time, strength training or um, weight training, resistance training still has its purpose and value, um, you know, for endurance athletes and things like that. Um, So, I mean, there's certainly, like you said, points to improving your strength so that your bone density is better so you can prevent stress fractures, different injuries like that, Um, you know, your muscles can still be stronger without being larger and increasing your body weight. So it's really only going to help your performance. Um, I believe, especially if you're just, uh, improving your body awareness, your motor function within, 
um, you know, those muscles and things like that. So it definitely has a place, like you said, for all athletes, runner or bodybuilder or whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. And like I noticed that because I used to play basketball not too long ago before I started running and like the uh, type of lifts that I would do is like different. Not too much, but like now I kind of changed it up a bit, and like you see, feel the difference in like the way you lift. I don't know how to explain it. Like the muscle, the way your muscles develop is definitely different from the type of training that you do. So it's like really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. To see the development. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways you can you can manipulate it for you know sport to sport. Like obviously, if you're a lineman, you need to be strong. You need to be heavier. You need to do X kind of you're working certain muscle groups, you're doing certain training because those movements are, let's say, in short bursts because you're, you know, going through one play, you got 40 seconds between the next play, you know. But if you're a runner, obviously you need to be training for more higher rep, longer endurance, um, training like more eccentrically, you know, working your hamstrings, things that you're going to actually need to be utilizing that need to be stronger. Um, and a lot of things, it's about just building strength and weak movement or weak um we call weak positions, you know, when you're stronger in weaker positions, then you're just going to be uh, better. So training, you know, basically essentially what you're not good at. Uh, but yeah, that's good. Yeah. And um, like, do you re- like, I don't know if necessarily everyone has like access to uh, like weights, you know, equipment, especially right now in this, you know, oh, everyone's yeah. quarantined, but regular life, like if someone doesn't have it, do you like say like that? they must have weights or like, do you think there's like a way to get like so strong with just body weight? Definitely. You can do body weight. Um, especially during this time. I mean, I posted a few things on my Instagram, not to plug myself, but, uh, you know, and especially if you've never done any weight training, you can certainly, you know, make progress, get stronger, just doing body weight. Um, and, you know, a couple of movements I can think off off the top of my head for like lower body that I think are great for, um, endurance athletes or runners in general is, you know, a Bulgarian split squat. Um, we have one leg back, one leg in the front. You need to Google it to kind of see what I'm talking about. But, I mean, that way you can work each leg individually. Um, and those are kind of hard enough for most of the clients I work with. Um, and if you need to, you can hold, you know, a textbook. You can put a backpack on, anything to add weight um, that you have in the household. Um, another one is like a single leg RDL, so a slight bend at the knee, kind of shifting at the hips. That's a great one for your hamstrings, your whole kind of posterior chain, your balance, all of that. Um, obviously, squats is a good one. Um, you know, calf raises, uh, you know, anything you can do at home, there's certainly ways you can manipulate, you know, stairs, steps, whatever you have in your house, chairs for dips, different things that you can do. So, um, you know, I I feel like this time has fortunately and unfortunately forced people to be more creative, which I don't think is always a bad thing. Obviously we want the gyms open. We want the world to be healthy right now, but, um, I think it is opening people's eyes up to really what they're capable of and they have available. Uh, just in their own home. Yeah, definitely. It's made me really creative too, because I usually uh, go lift like four times a week, and it's like been really like weird. I've been checking out your videos, and they're really helpful. So I've yeah, been doing I a mean, lot. there's so many people that are posting stuff. So it's like I always tell people, like even if you don't watch my videos, I really don't. Uh, you know, obviously I recommend myself, but there's so <laughs> many videos that are being posted on YouTube on Instagram. It's like there's no excuse to not do anything because there's so many ideas out there. Luckily. Definitely, yeah, and I definitely recommend your channel because you like put the like emphasis on like, the form and everything. What other trainers sometimes don't even do. Um, yeah, I mean, I try to. I mean, I, I think it's doing the videos is like, like I said, it, it's like a two or three fold to where it um 
obviously allows me to reach more people. It allows me to kind of reference these things to my clients, but also kind of talking myself through the movements while I'm instructing for a video or whatever almost makes me relearn certain cues or think about it differently. And that way, when I do have to teach a person or a client how to perform an exercise, I kind of already have it geared into my mind. What, how do they need to hear it? What do they need to hear? Because especially with trainers, some people are too, um, they might know the information. They might be too scientific to where when they're trying to explain you know, how to hip hinge or something, they can't really they can't explain the right it. words to the average population, yeah. you know, because the average person doesn't know what a hip hinge is or they don't really know how to use their hips well. But if you say push your butt back, then they can kind of get in that position better. So it's kind of just almost been a great learning experience for me. That's really cool. And I, yeah, I appreciate that because we need people like you <laughs> in the world to help <laughs> us with those things. And like, I will, um, runners, I don't know, I guess a lot of them like worry about like putting on too much muscle if they lift. Well, like, what do you have to say about that? Cause like, oh, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> that's the least of your worries. I would say, I think people, especially when it comes to like, uh, the whole thing with, um, women lifting weights, it's, uh, you know, people think that as soon as they pick up a weight, they're just going to get like jacked. Um, and it, I wish it was that easy. It, um, it takes a lot. I mean, of course, you're going to gain uh, muscle faster if you've never done any weightlifting. But um, to actually gain muscle uh, size and to actually gain weight with muscle, you're going to have to be in a caloric surplus, meaning you're eating more calories than you're burning. Um, and, you know, typically if you're eating, you know, basically the same, but then you just add lifting on top of it, you're not going to be in a surplus because the additional workout of strength training is just going to burn more calories. So point of, to make it, you know, to make it simple and short, long story short, there we go. Um, no, you're not just going to gain muscle super fast. And to avoid that, like I said, just eat appropriately. If you notice you start to gain uh, weight, just eat a little bit less. Or, um, you know, you could cut back the lifting a little bit. But I think, you know, anything two to four times a week would be great, even if lifting, like I said, isn't your primary goal. Um, but, you know, doing two, three, two to four uh, workouts a week, you know, an upper body, lower body, or you know, a couple of full body workouts. And, uh, yeah, as far as, you know, gaining a lot of weight and muscle, don't stress it too much. It's going to be harder to do that than, uh, than you think. And it, you know, it's easier to lose muscle. So, you know, if you're gaining too much, then if you need to lose it, that's an easier problem. Just stop lifting for a week or two and you'll, you'll lose it. <laughs> yeah. Like for example, with you, like how long did it take you to like put on the muscle? Like it takes a long time. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's different because I, you know, I've been lifting for about like six years now, a little bit less. And, uh, you know, once you get into that, like, intermediate and advanced stage of, like, you know, 5, 10, 15 years lifting, uh, you know, if you're in a caloric surplus, eating properly, eating enough for your body to grow, I mean, it, you might spend an entire year just to gain, like, two, three pounds of muscle, you know? And uh, that sounds like nothing. Um, it looks like more than it sounds, but at the same time, it's still barely any change. Uh, but your first year or two of lifting, your first six months, your body will, you know, put it on a lot faster. Uh, but it's kind of like a curve to where it's, you know, rapid, 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 and it just slows down. And it's almost like a flat line once you're like four or five years in. Okay. You enjoy it and it's worth it. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of like, I guess, like any, like any sport or running even. I'm sure like when you first start running, you kind of rapidly get better, and then, uh, you know, it just tapers off. That's so true. Yeah. You start, like, PRing like crazy in the beginning, and yeah. then, like, you kind of go down a little bit, and it's exactly, harder to yeah. break, right? 
So that's that's so true. Uh, what made you want to make like start even personal training in the first place? Um, I so I wanted a career in a field that I enjoyed. Um, and personal training obviously fits into the physical fitness and all that health uh, genre. And so um, my senior year in high school, I started tra- or studying for my CPT, my certified personal training test. Um, which I couldn't take until I was 18 anyway. So it was basically a month or two after I turned 18. Took the test, um, luckily passed. And, uh, you know, it was more twofold. Like I said, it was in a field that I enjoyed. Um, and I do like helping people um, and teaching that, like I said, proper form. Um, but also it's just a good paying job. Um, you know, it is it is a flexible schedule, so that's nice too. It's not a nine-to-five. It's nothing like that. I'm not sitting at a desk. I'm not um, I did work at Wegmans briefly. Um, I don't know if that's that's not quite in Illinois, I don't think, but it's more northeast with uh, Pennsylvania, New, New York. Yeah, I don't have Virginia it. now, but grocery store basically. Oh, okay. And um, I worked there briefly, um, just for about a year, and that wasn't a crap job. But at the same time, like I wanted to be in the gym or like in a in a environment I enjoyed. So that's kind of why I went with personal training and. Uh, what you call it yeah like i said i mean it's a flexible job i can you know i'm working with so many different people so it's never like the same thing every day and uh yeah that's kind of how i fell into it yeah that's pretty cool yeah because you get to help people i'm kind of interested in that too like i'm interested in the fitness industry and and all that like if i wasn't running i think i'd probably lean more towards that style because mm-hmm. um i guess like the other sports kind of like those explosive sports like basketball i don't know but, like baseball football like Kind of have like that, uh, uh, kind of like families, I guess, with like the bodybuilding type. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm wrong, but, well, uh, like, what sport did you used to play? If you played, I used to play, play baseball. Um, and I played that all growing up. That was like my thing until freshman year in high school. I played freshman year baseball, but I I was getting more and more into lifting. And then sophomore year, I started working at a gym, not as a personal trainer, but just as like a, uh, basically. Let's call it like a fitness consultant. I was just kind of helping members, but I wasn't actually training them. Um, point is, I was working in a gym. I was getting more into lifting. I was working out for about like an hour and a half every day after school. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to balance all of this plus baseball. And so that's when I kind of had to just, you know, make a choice. Yeah, that's cool. What are you, um, is school over for you or are you still like taking online classes? Yeah, I mean, every I, I think every school in the nations right now is closed. But um, no, I'm, I am a student technically at a... BCU still, um, and I'm a sophomore, so this would be like halfway through for me of a four-year bachelor's degree. Um, but I actually don't think I'm continuing my degree, only because uh, I plan on opening up a gym um, in like eight to ten months. Um, oh, wow. So I've been saving up for that the past like two and a half years. Um, and yes. a lot of the work I do uh, is freelance video editing and. Um, and some local like real estate video and photograph uh, work and things like that. And so all of that with um, personal training, I make certainly enough money to uh, to not go through my bachelor's. It's almost pointless. Uh, so I've been you know saving up, planning for that the past like three years. And uh, yeah, it's getting closer, which is kind of scary. But um, especially <laughs> with all this stuff happening with small businesses, probably suffering. But uh, oh, yeah, so that's the plan. So currently I'm a student, but uh, soon probably not. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's good though. That I'm excited about your new gym. I didn't know that. That's that's nice. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really talked about it. I don't plan on talking about it too much until things are close to being set in stone and everything. Yeah, because there's a lot about stuff behind the scenes. I have to, you know, as far as like legality and everything like that to get set up. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be more posted about it in six months or so. So you plan to stay out there in Virginia to open it up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like just because I know the area, I know the people, I know the community. It's harder to build a business than a uh you know, in a new territory. That's really cool. Cool. Congratulations on that. Hope to see that yeah. soon. Yeah. And uh, you have your YouTube channel too. I haven't talked about that. We were yeah, also, yeah. so how, how I, uh, did you start that? You said what? How, like, why, what made you want to like start YouTube? Um, so I, I actually, <laughs> this is real throwback. I guess I don't even think Zach's talked about it, but Zach and I used to have YouTube channels back when we were in fifth grade, um, 2011. We both had tech channels, like we would review just, you know, headphones or like phone cases and things like that. And um, so, like, I, you know, I've always been on like YouTube. I've had different channels over the years covering like different stuff, but I've never like stuck with it. Like six, eight months in, I just kind of either lose the passion or, you know, kids will make fun of you in middle school or whatever for it. So it's like you kind of just skip out on it. But then recently I was like, one I'm so used to just like putting myself out there at this point that I don't really get a, you know, I don't get discouraged by any comments or any people. Um, and then also I was like, uh, you know, let me just post things that let me stop trying to post in a way to like gain followers. Let me just post what I enjoy. So like on my YouTube now, I do post like fitness related content, but I'm also posting coffee. I'm also posting whatever interests me, uh, whatever I feel like making a video on. And I feel like that's made it more fun. And, uh, I plan on being consistent with it this time around and keeping posting and things like that. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, how the YouTube's been. Instagram has a little bit more direction because um, I've kind of found, like, my niche. I've gotten a lot of in, uh, engagement and a lot more followers recently based off, like, my content. So that's a little more uh, with with the direction. But my YouTube's more like, yeah, it's more like a brain dump. It's more for fun. Um, but I've appreciated any support that I've gotten, yeah. Yeah, and I've definitely followed along with that. I like I like the series that you made recently, like we talked about in the fall and everything. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched it. I know you like coffee, and I really like coffee too. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, coffee's like my uh, like my side hobby that I get kind of nerdy about that I like expanding about. But then I don't want to push on people and call their Starbucks or their Folgers or their K cups trash. But <laughs> I probably will call it trash. <laughs> But, uh, like, what kind of, like, things do you like to, to make, like, roast? Do you roast? So, I, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I guess, get into it raw. Yeah, so, like, I'm what, interested. <laughs> the coffee I'm into is more specialty coffee, and so what that kind of means is just, um, there's specialty roasters across the country, like, there's one in, uh, Richmond, um, named Blanchard's, and, you know, these specialty roasters, uh, you know, they're sourcing their coffee from Guatemala, Colombia, whatever, and, um, you know, they're just a little bit more specific with the farms they work with, the process that they do, um, the types of coffees they put out. They don't just like mass produce um, whatever, you know, crappy or basic beans from, uh, you know, Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts, whatever. Um, additionally, typically these places are also like selling it in the beans. They're not grinding it um, and selling it in grounds for a couple reasons, because depending on your brew method assuming you're not using like a coffee machine um you know if you're using aeropress you might have like more of a fine uh grind but if you're using a 
you know, like a V60 or um, a French press or something else, you might have a different grind size. So that's one reason why you shouldn't buy ground coffee already. Another reason is like once you grind the coffee, it already starts to kind of break down and some of the gas and chemicals start to release within like the coffee beans. Um, so you're already losing some freshness with that. Um, so the best thing to do is to buy from a specialty roaster or like a nice uh, roaster, or even if you want to do your Starbucks beans, whatever, but then grind it at your house. Um, and then another thing that I've been into more is um, I like just black coffee, just um, home brewed. So either like uh, pour over like a V60, a Khalid away, things like that. Or I've had an air press is kind of how I got into it, which is more French press style coffee. Um, but uh, uh, what else was I going to go with that? Yeah. So, and I don't do any kind of specialty drinks like, um, like a latte or, you know, flat white or a uh, Americano or anything like that. Not that I'm like against those in any way because, you know, cafe served those, those are great. But uh, I just like straight basic black pour over coffee. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I like black coffee too. I've never tried like pour, I never tried to pour over, but. You have to get into it. I do. I want to now. Now you're getting me interested because it looks pretty cool. <laughs> and I love the flat white. I don't know why, but I just I've always like yeah. The past I, like if years. I were you, if you actually wanted to get into it, or just for an interesting experience, um, is just look up specialty roasters in your area because there's definitely some, probably in a there's definitely good ones probably in Illinois, and just try and see if they do any free public cuppings, and that's basically where they um. When I first heard that, I thought it was like, oh, you just go there and they have a bunch of like free coffee. You get a cup, you're just sipping it, right? But it's this whole like experience of like smelling, tasting the coffee. And there's this, this whole process that they do. That's like a, uh, there's a standard process of how they do it uh, internationally. Um, but luckily, like a roaster in this area does a free one every Friday. And um, that's kind of what really got me into coffee, gave me a lot more knowledge about all of this, is the way they explain it and everything. So if you're lucky enough to have a roaster that does that for free in your area, I would try and take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, um, you know, there's so much, obviously, information on YouTube. But it's it's a whole world. It's just like anything. Like, you can be extremely geeky <laughs> and into it about running, or you could be like me. I run once a week. I ran this morning. And I could, you know, try and talk to you about running, but me talking to you about running is like, you know. <laughs> me like trying to talk to you about lifting. About. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, like, I could not, like, I could kind of, like, if you talk to me about lifting, if we try to have a conversation, like, I could kind of do it. Because yeah. I know enough, I guess, kind of, but not really, like you said. Like, I lift four times a week, part because of, huge, because of my running. That's why I lift. So, yeah. yeah. So, that's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> And, yeah, everyone uh, has their own niche, but uh, yeah, it's funny that I mean, I I might sound like I know a lot about coffee, but I'm like just on like the surface. There's some people when I go to these you know cafes or these roasters, I'm like you know I feel like a you know such a child compared to you know them on, as far as experience and everything. So <laughs> yeah, 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 I hear you because that's their world basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, uh, so like back to running, I guess like um the exercise stuff what is like if you have like i know people can't watch we don't have it like in video form or anything but if you have like any like specific exercises i know you recommended one but for people like you know for runners like their hamstrings or glutes things like that that's like really important um mm-hmm. any like exercises that you could think of that are yeah yeah so there's a couple off the top of my head that you can all do at home uh 
one of them you might need kind of a, a buddy with, or you can tuck your legs under a, a couch or something. So one would be Nordic curls, N-O-R-D-I-C curls. Um, that's a great one for your hamstrings. It's going to be primarily working like eccentric kind of control and strength in those hamstrings, um, which I think is great when it comes to, you know, your stride and everything pushing off um, when you're running. So uh, that one, you just, I would just Google all the names of these. I'll kind of verbalize it, but um, that one, like I said, you can either have someone hold down your heels or you can kind of tuck your feet under a couch and um, you're just kind of controlling your body down to the ground, which you can't control. And you're about to fall face forward, catch yourself, push yourself back up, squeeze the hamstrings at the top and repeat. Uh, another good one, like I said, is those Bulgarian split squats to where uh, you get kind of one leg up on a chair or a couch or anything like that. And then uh, you're just coming down, kind of doing like a single leg squat in a way. Uh, and that's a great one, like I said, to work on. It kind of works on a couple things. It obviously works on your quads. It works on um, a little bit of hamstring. Definitely get some glute. And uh, it also works your balance a lot in coordination, which I think is great as well. And that's always good to work. Uh, and then another good one would be, you know, you could do a single leg uh, hip thrust for your glutes. That would be a great one. Squats are always a good universal thing for your hips, for your quads, hamstrings, glutes, everything like that. Um, Another good one, if you can do it, you kind of really need weight for this, but uh, a deadlift um, would be just, it's just a great universal movement, I think, for any athlete because you're working your whole posterior chain, which is your glutes, your lower back, your, you know, all the way up your spine. Um, anytime you can strengthen that full body, basically, with one movement, you might as well do it. It's kind of like, you know, best bang for your buck exercise. Um, those would be some great movements, I guess, I would think of off the top of my head. Okay, cool. Thank you. I love, and by the way, I love the deadlift. That's like my favorite lift. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's a great one because it gauges like your core, your, like you said, your hamstrings, especially. Yeah, just about everything almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, um, you know, I've heard on the uh, podcast you're on with uh, Zach Lovett mm-hmm. um, that sleep is like a huge thing. And like, I'm guilty of obviously not getting, I'm not, I don't get enough sleep. And I'm sure a lot of like high school students don't either. Yeah. Like, what is like how much like of an importance is sleep to you and like how much would you emphasize it to us? I think um, people just underrate sleep and hydration more than anything. Um, sleep is just such a key one just because I mean I, <laughs> there's just so many people, adults, high school kids, whatever like you said that'll stay up till you know 11 p.m 1 a.m then they'll have to get up either at 6 a.m for school or you know they'll sleep until 10 a.m or whatever it is. And, um, you know, sleep is obviously the place where your body is, you know, saving memories. It's, it's growing, it's recovering, it's doing so many processes that are just irreplaceable. Um, and the biggest thing is just, if you don't get enough sleep, obviously it beats up your body. You're not able to recover, which means you're not going to be able to perform maximally in your next workout in your next meet, your next game, whatever it is. Um, and you know, not even from just a uh, physical performance, but also mental performance. I mean, if you're not getting enough sleep, what I would suggest to people is get a full eight hours for a week straight. And then the next day, sleep for five hours and tell me you don't feel like, you know, crap in the morning. Tell me you don't just feel foggy and feel, you know, just wrecked. Uh, You know, once you get used to getting proper sleep, you notice when you don't get it. Um, And so that's what I'll say about sleep. And hydration is almost the same way, like for skin health, for joints, um, just for everything. I mean, just w- we're made of water and I feel like, you know, you should be, you know, the, the problem is once you start hydrating, you realize how much you have to pee. You're peeing like every like 30, 40 minutes. But 
I mean, if you're doing it properly, I mean, that's how it should be. But it's worth it. <laughs> oh yeah, and especially yeah. like you said, with athletes with performance, like just water, water, sleep, and and proper nutrition is irreplaceable. You know. Yeah. What do you have to say about nutrition? I'm curious. I know that's like a whole uh, huge yeah. thing, <laughs> but um, um, yeah. I would just say, um, you know, for the average person, it's just obviously go towards more actual physical food. So, you know, avoid the chips or the processed stuff. I mean, everyone already says that. Um, but from a general standpoint, I would say, yeah, eat more whole foods, potatoes, rice, oatmeal, you know, things that are actual, you know, foods. Um, eat what digests well for you. So, you know, if, if, if rice doesn't feel good in your stomach or, um, you know, like red meats don't feel good digesting or whatever, then just avoid them. Find what works best for you that it makes you feel energized, makes you feel good. Um, and then the last thing I would say that people kind of mess up on, especially for athletes, runners in general, um, is protein. Make sure you're getting enough protein. Um, you know, if you're not weightlifting, then you don't necessarily need like an immense amount of protein. But I'd say females at least get, you know, 60 grams of protein in. Males try to get 80 you know, to 100 grams of protein in. Anything less than that, I think you're just potentially losing recovery or just not properly fueling your body as well. Um, and I feel like that's something kind of people slip up on. And, uh, you know, if you are a vegetarian or vegan, there's other options, you know. And so, and, and also try to avoid getting it all from powders or protein bars because nothing really replaces real food. Yeah, that's so true. And that's what a lot of people do. And, like, that's why I guess they mess up. It doesn't have, like, real actual, like, nutrients in it, I guess. Yeah. How hard was it? Like, I guess, I don't know if you talked about it. You were in the bodybuilding competition and then you had it like, well, you lost like 20 pounds. Um, mm -hmm. And from a disciplinary standpoint, like how was that? I guess like mentally, all those things, how did those affect you? Yeah, um, you know, it's just like anything, you know, it's just, it's just, you got to be disciplined and you have to do it even when no one's watching or um, you just got to keep that long-term goal in mind because, uh, no one's going to do the work for you. Um, so, you know, you just got to, I mean, you got to just know how bad you want it. Do you want that one snack or that burger or the pizza? Or do you really want to look your best on stage? Do you really want a PR in your next meet? Or, you know, is XYZ more important to you, you know? Um, and it kind of goes back to even like the sleep thing. Is it worth it to stay up, you know, an extra hour and a half on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram? Or is it better worth you, you know, to you to properly recover, wake up the next morning feeling energized and feeling better. Um, it's just like anything. And, you know, for the, for the show, it was a little bit easier because I had properly over the years kind of worked my calories up to where I was still at my lowest. Um, after, after, like you said, dropping like 20, 25 pounds, I was only, I was still eating like 2,400 calories, 22, something like that. So where most people, that's a lot for most people. Um, but it still took discipline and it's still relative and uh, I still took discipline to go do the cardio did, you know, even when I didn't feel like it, even when I'm tired. So yeah, it's just about, I mean, it's simple as like you said, it's that one word discipline. Yeah. Just do it. Basically protein. Do you think it's like people maybe overrated or do you think people maybe underrated more? What do you, what do you see in like, in the world? I guess. I think most people underrate it. Um, but some, like in my, you know, like go back to, uh, I go to VCU and everything. And like in my exercise science classes, my professor was saying people overthink protein and they, they're getting too much. And I, I, I feel like that's true in some cases, um, but I feel like it's a lot 
less dangerous to overeat protein than undereat it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, like if you overeat protein, your body will kind of still either pull it for energy or, you know, it'll still utilize it in some kind of shape or fashion, maybe not all for recovery, like it would if you got the adequate amount, but, um, but if you undereat it, I mean, you're, you're, you're potentially costing yourself again on recovery and, um, proper growth, all those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like most people are probably under eating. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Cause a lot of people say that they're overeating it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's and, interesting. I don't know, but a lot of people say they either they're, you know, there'll be people that'll come up to me and they'll say, how am I like not losing weight? I'm barely eating any food, but then I actually have them like write down what they ate or track it for a few days and then realize they're eating a lot more or the flip flop of that. They're like, how am I not gaining weight? I'm eating so much, but then they actually look at it and they're barely eating, you know? Yeah. And yeah, protein is a big one in there too. Um, what are your like plans during like, after all this craziness happens with the COVID-19, like what are your plans basically other than like the gym that you're opening, which is awesome. But, uh, yeah. Um, plans are just, Keep on lifting, keep on making good content that people find valuable. Um, keep you know, preparing to open up that gym. Um, and, I mean, it's just same old stuff one day at a time for the most part. That's so cool, yeah. Well, it, I learned a lot. I hope uh, everyone else listening learned a lot. And it was really cool talking to you. And, you know, I recommend your YouTube channel, just your name, right, Brock? Yeah, just okay. my name, just my name, just my name on Instagram as well, Brock Covington. Yeah, we'll give him a follow. C-O-V-I-N-G-T-O-N. Yep. That's awesome. We'll give him a follow and uh, subscribe to his uh, YouTube channel and the podcast that you do with the Zach and Bashir podcast. That was like in August, I think, or something like that. Yeah, that was, way, that was way back, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> it feels long ago, but yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but it... Yeah, I appreciate you letting me on, and I uh, appreciate the conversation. Yeah, me too. Thank you.